recording. Recording. Hello, everyone. It's Sean Harwell. This is Never Heard of a Podcast. This is a show where we talk about the movies that have fallen right on through all of our cracks. I'm joined today by the crack in chief, Craig Moorhead. Say hello, sir. And uh, what's your favorite color? It's always been blue, Sean. And uh, hello. Hey, me too. Me yeah. too. Yeah. So uh, true blue, loyal, loyalty. That's that's what that's about. I like that. How how are you, Craig? Hopefully not feeling blue. Oh no, not me, Sean. Not when I'm here doing this wonderful show for all the wonderful people out there in podcast land. Podtopia. Podtopia. Pod Francisco. I don't know. Don't you don't you think that the word podcast is? Uh... I feel like that's a short-lived term. Like it's, 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 we'll call this something else down the line. I suspect it seems like it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're getting farther and farther away from having things that have pod in the name. Yeah, uh, it does seem it's like done. at some point people will be like, "What? Why are they calling it podcast?" I wonder that's if my- there's a like a NASCAR podcast called Pod Racing. Oh, you could you could do a lot of things like that. Should we start one? Because I, I don't watch NASCAR. We could just. Why? Yeah, that's fine. Do, yeah, we might the get titles. a lot of Star Wars fans and stuff. That's true. I mean, but think about the Venn diagram crossover between Star Wars fans and NASCAR fans. Two huge demographics. <laughs> yeah. We anyway, can't go wrong. Let's, uh, let's talk about something far more lucrative, which is uh, this podcast. Yes. Um, would you like to tell the people where they can find it online if they want to come say hello or anything of the sort? I will. Uh, you can find us at neverheardpodcast.com. That's our website. We have posts about some of our shows if you want to check those out. And we have every show lined up top to bottom, bottom to top. You can listen to every single one through that website. Uh, you can also find us on uh, Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, you can uh, find the podcast itself at iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. And, uh, you know, you can uh, subscribe to them uh, and and you can leave nice reviews and say nice things. And that would help other people find it and kind of kind of grow this community until we have enough people listening that we can sort of start sort of a sort of a cult, you might say, that we can uh, we can all live out in the woods and uh, wear robes and we'll just watch movies and talk about them and have weird beliefs that people don't understand and. Uh, we'll make our own butter and you know what I mean? That sounds, is that, that's kind of what you're thinking of too, right, Sean? Oh, well, I got dibs on a blue robe. That's okay. all I'm saying. Oh, well, yeah, well, you're a leader. So yeah, okay. that would make sense. Um, I mean, I guess I can get behind part of that. Like okay. butter, I like butter. So I guess you know, yeah. if there's butter, I, I, I can at least get on board for that. But, Nothing uh, like home turned butter. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess I don't know that I've ever had. Does, does they do that at Cracker Barrel? I don't know where that where I might get home turned. But I probably had yeah, that somewhere yeah. in Nashville. Yeah. Come on, are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You've had artisan butter. Oh yeah. Um, God, it sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, thank you for that, Craig. I'm excited to talk about the movie that we're going to talk about today. Um, as we mentioned in the past, come find us on Letterbox. Craig and I are both there. You can look us up and uh, check out what else we're watching. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed our last episode on Bugsy Malone. We'd really like to thank our special surprise guest, Jody Foster, for coming on. I mean, that was I couldn't insane. believe she stopped by. Yeah, that was uh, – yeah. what a surprise. What a delightful person. 
Yeah, um, we're seeing what we can line up for this one, but uh, you never know. You never know. Yeah. Uh, that's why you got to listen. So, Craig, let's talk about dogfight. Ralph. Can we do bark sound effects after we say the we title? We could. We could. Let's talk about that in the in the meeting later. Okay. Okay. Uh, this is from 1991, and I'll give a quick synopsis, and then uh, maybe you can tell us uh, where you'd heard of this one, or yeah. we can save that till next time. I'll let you decide. Sure. But this movie is about, according to IMDb, before leaving to fight in Vietnam, a group of teenagers play a game where they try to seduce the ugliest girl they can find. We've all been there, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> or we've all been we've all been that girl is, is more that's likely, what I right? mean yeah yeah okay so dogfight uh, I'm gonna put it in your hands you're gonna tell us about who made this thing and if you wanna say anything more please do uh, you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna save that reveal for next time ooh I like it secrets yeah it's a big that's a reason to come back mm-hmm uh, I'm gonna dive right into cast and crew of dogfight 1991. 1991 is not part of the title, to be clear. It's <laughs> it would be a from, cool title, though. There was, yeah, it's still a strong Dogfight, title. 1991. Uh, sounds more like a like an arcade game, though. But yeah. uh, anyway, Dogfight was directed by Nancy Savoca. She also directed... I put a couple titles down here that I wasn't actually familiar with, but the titles sounded familiar, if that makes sense. Sure. So, uh, Household Saints... And that If These Walls familiar. Could Talk. I know that one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was written by Bob Comfort. I believe that is actually his name. Bob Comfort. I like that. Very comforting. Very comforting. Now, he wrote, among many TV specials, he wrote some scripts for a show called Maximum Bob. Have you ever heard of that show? No, but it just makes sense. I mean, he is Bob Comfort, so that's yeah. like, he is Maximum Bob, most, isn't he? most Bob there can be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I've heard of the show. I don't remember where I heard of the show, but it's strange because I was thinking about that title today for some reason. And then I saw it pop really? up. It was very, a very psychic. Wow. Sort of, I have a link to this IMDb page or something. Well, maybe you should have a blue robe then. Maybe, maybe I will. Okay. Producers on Dogfight, uh, Richard Gway, who also produced the movies Ghost Dog and Kinsey. Uh, Peter Newman. Now he he you, you like how I leaned into that one? <laughs> Newman. <clears throat> Newman. Uh, he produced the upcoming Janice, uh, that's starring Michelle Williams. I believe it's about Janice Joplin. Really? He, I don't yeah. know about. I didn't know about that. That sounds cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's in oh. post production. So uh, maybe we'll have Michelle him Williams. on and talk to him about that. Yeah, we should. Uh, Squid and the Whale. He produced. He produced Smoke, one of our uh, mutual yeah. favorites, I believe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, man, this the this is the only feature of a gentleman by the name of Gregory Price Shell. Get out of here, Gregory. Not Gregory, Gregory. Oh dang! Okay. Yeah, it's like you just put an R Y at the end. Gregory Price Shell. This okay. is only the only one he did, and I mean, with a name like that, he's he's got it made. Yeah, he doesn't need to stay in movies. You're done. Uh, Kathleen Summers produced The Sandlot and Stakeout, among others. Uh, Llewellyn Wells produced a bunch of uh, current TV, it seems. The, the Rookie, Designated Survivor, also worked on the older West Wing, among other things. Wow. 
Yeah, so uh, yeah, so so far no real slouches. Yeah, definitely. But then we get to the music. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding, Mason Daring. Uh, Mason Daring did the music for this. Uh, Mason also did the music for Shallow Grave ah. and Brother from Another Planet, among others. Uh, our DP, only one DP on this movie, Sean. You'll be glad mm-hmm. to know. Okay. Uh, Bobby Bukowski. Uh, Bobby shot uh, also shot Arlington Road and I believe a movie that's out right now called JT Leroy or JT Leroy. Oh yeah. Uh, do you know about that story by the way? I I I I do. I've definitely read about it, but I can't remember exactly what it's about. Okay. Yeah, there's a good I think Amazon has a documentary on that whole thing, but uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like it's, it's like a, a real life con game situation. Kind of involving an author in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It should be an interesting flick. Anyway. Sorry. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, it's a good DP. Yeah. Uh, edited by John Tintori, who also edited Eight Men Out and Mr. Wonderful, which we yeah. did a few right. episodes ago. Uh, but, you know, when it comes right down to it, Sean, you don't have much of a movie. You don't have some actors. Mm-hmm. So let's get right into it. The late, great, the great late, the late, the great late. I mean, it works either way. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, River Phoenix. Yeah. Who, man, every time I encounter this guy in a movie or anything like that, still makes me feel just a little sad that we don't have River Phoenix around. Gosh, yeah. Uh, no, no slight to Joaquin, but I feel like he could be DiCaprio, basically. Like he could have yeah. been, like, yeah, a slight generation ahead. It's interesting. Yeah, but, like. Like, like, what would he have displaced had he been mm-hmm. with us this whole time? Yeah. Uh, but River Phoenix, uh, Stand By Me, My Own Private Idaho, among a bunch of other stuff that was really good. Uh, Lily Taylor, who I love. Uh, she's in The Conjuring. She's in Shortcuts. She's in all kinds Say of great stuff. Say Anything, I believe. Say Anything, you're right. Uh, yeah, I Shot Andy Warhol was a leading performance of hers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, she's just awesome every time you see her. Uh, Anthony Clark. Don't really know who Anthony Clark is, but uh, he was in The Rock. Mitchell Whitfield. Not really familiar, but he was in My Cousin Vinny. I'll tell you that much. Okay. Holly Near. I'm no nearer to knowing who she is either. <laughs> nice. Thank you. <laughs> but she's in Slaughterhouse Five. Now, Elizabeth Daly, I do know. Okay, the she name was, sounds familiar. I don't uh, lay it on me because I'm like, yeah. Well, what is, why does that name sound familiar? Because she was in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh. She is Dottie, I believe. Dottie, no kidding. Yeah. Okay. So you got to love Elizabeth Daly. Yes. Two of my favorite women in films: Elizabeth Daly, Lily Taylor, in one movie. Nice. Hey, what do you need? Uh, Kenneth Utt. Uh, Kenneth Utt is cast in this movie as an actor. But he produced Silence of the Lambs, French Connection, Midnight Cowboy, Something Wild. Uh, but for some reason, they said, no, 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 no. Wow. Don't produce this one. Just come recite lines. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Uh, and, and Brendan Fraser yep. shows up in a small uh, role. You would remember Brendan Fraser from such movies as The Mummy and School Ties. Uh, you stole uh, my bit of trivia. That's, that's the only yes. thing I could find. Yeah, nicely done. Sean, as long as I'm talking about what you're already talking about, what are you talking about? I'm talking about what happened behind the camera, Craig. Mm. 
And, uh, yeah, this script that Bob Comfort wrote was apparently knocking around uh, in the studio system for five years before it ever happened. And I think it went through three different directors. Peter Newman, the producer you mentioned, um, had two different studio deals before Warner Brothers came on board. And uh, he said it was an old story. So it seems like, yeah, he's getting notes on the fact that the story hinges around a girl who's supposed to be ugly, right? So he recalls one film executive saying, quote, can't the character of Rose just think she's fat? Which, uh, yeah, not the same. Um, so that character, the Lily Thomas character, was supposed to be markedly overweight. But, uh, of course, Lily Taylor has always seemed to me anyway to be quite small. Mm-hmm. And it seems like she fought pretty hard for this part. She auditioned for the three different directors over the years until it finally ended up in uh, Savaka's lap. And uh, it said that Nancy Savaka loved her. She got the part. She gained 12 pounds and wore padding underneath her clothes to, to make her look like she's a bit heavier than she actually is. Um, the other bit of studio interaction had to do with River Phoenix's hair. So, of course, you know, I think at this point, he's well considered somewhat of a heartthrob of the youngins. And he's got a crew cut, a high and tight in this. And Warner Brothers didn't like it, apparently, and requested that highlights be added to his hair to soften his appearance a little bit. What? Yeah, which is ridiculous when you got a crew cut, there's only so much hair you can highlight. So. I'll be curious to see if we even notice it. Um, but uh, I did find a pretty good Premiere magazine article that was written during the production of this film, specifically kind of about River Phoenix. Uh, and they mentioned that Warner Brothers mostly left her alone to make this movie, um, despite the request and the hair. And um, uh, she was able to also put uh, the four main male group lead actors that were all playing Marines, which was River Phoenix, Richard Panda, I'm not, Panda Bianco, I think is how you say his name, Mitchell Whitfield, as you mentioned, Anthony Clark. Sounds perfect. Uh, was able to send them to boot camp or oh, nice. actors boot camp, basically, um, which was for a week and it was run by Dale Dye, who yeah. you might remember was involved in Platoon. Mm-hmm. If you've seen any of those special features, he's got a great presence. Uh, but he's also... Um, you know, he's been in Private Ryan, Starship Troopers, Band of Brothers. I think he's one of these guys who gets hired a lot for training actors. I think that's what his job basically is, but has also ended up in front of the camera a little bit. Yeah. Um, but what's kind of interesting about that is that there, there's not a single scene in this movie, apparently, that shows any sort of uh, battlefield situation. Uh, so I guess she thought that it was still important because, quote, it was a way for me to get these young guys who would probably never want to be in the military uh, to understand the pride that Marines take in their survival of boot camp. They came out of there an incredible unit. I mean, it was scary the way that they bonded, and it was exactly what was needed. I wanted to get those details right. So you can't fault her for that. Yeah. Um, and I do wonder if... Uh, if there is any sort of special features DVD floating around, if they have any more quotes from the actors about their experience, I always like hearing about those things. Like that stuff from Platoon was was really interesting to me. Um, yeah, no, me too. I, yeah, especially this kind of movie that kind of gets uh, 
pushed by the wayside a little bit. Yeah. And uh, you can really go back and, I don't know, yeah, I'd love to know. I remember specifically John C. McGinley saying during Platoon, during that like boot camp that they did, that he didn't shit for an entire week, and that when he did, it just felt like Nirvana. That was his quote. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, anyway, so uh, they shot this movie from May to July of 1990. They shot in Seattle and San Francisco. You can look for uh, the Paramount Theater in Seattle, as well as City Lights Bookstore, the famed Beach Generation Bookstore uh, in San Francisco. Uh, in the background, and this is kind of interesting. Apparently, they shot the first and very last scene of the movie on the first day of filming. And supposedly, River Phoenix didn't quite love that experience because, and I can I can actually understand that from an actor's point of view, you know? Yeah. You want the ending to have a little more weight, but you haven't gone through the process of, uh, you know, really kind of finding that character and, and that performance if you're just doing that all on the first day. It's an interesting choice. Uh, the movie came out September 13th, 1991 in New York City. And uh, I think... October 4th, everywhere else in America. However, uh, there's some back and forth on that. We'll get to that in just a second. But in that Premier Magazine article, it was a little sad because they had a quote from Peter Newman talking about his excitement for the release of this film because Warner Brothers was planning to give it the exact same strategy they gave Driving Miss Daisy, which was presumably... You know, you start small and then you grow and you win some Oscars. And, well, didn't quite happen for this movie. I saw one report that said it only played in two theaters total in the United States. Oh, wow. Box Office Mojo said 24, but they only have one weekend box office tally for this film. It looks like it was definitely out of theaters, however many, by November of that year. Went straight to video in the United Kingdom. It did play in Argentina, so there's that. Um, there it was known as El Amor es un Uego Cruel. Mm, perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, which is a very terrible, butchered way of saying love is a cruel game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the taglines for this movie are, the rules of the dogfight were simple. Everyone puts in 50 bucks, and the guy with the ugliest date wins. Whew. It's kind of a long, tag, long tagline, but you can see it on the poster there. Yeah, it's written in the, in yeah. the font there. Uh, there was another tagline, supposedly. Well, no, okay, I can see it now. It's under the title. It says, dogfight, a love story. Now, I think that is silly. But I feel like I've mentioned this before on this podcast. Uh, the movie that I co-wrote, The Campaign, right, 2012, was we were originally just kind of toying with the idea of calling it Dogfight. It just mainly just using it as a title for the pitch, kind of, right? And it was like, well, you, you can't call a movie that because people, you know, what if somebody thinks, oh, I don't want to see a movie about dogfighting, <laughs> you know? Right. So I guarantee, guarantee that that is why the poster says a love story underneath the words or the word dogfight. Well, I promise you. Well, and and but I would say this one has a an added hurdle uh, for dumb people, which is like if they read a little bit about it and they realize it's like these guys are going to be going to war or these guys are soldiers, 
Then yeah, they walk in a dog fight like it's Rambo. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, no, it's not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I I am kind of I, I believe there are people who who would definitely somehow make that mistake. So I'm sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, nonetheless, maybe because of that, in spite of it, who knows? Uh, it looks like it only made $394,000 at the box office and was said to have had an $8 million budget, which is chump change in this, in, you know, in, in comparison to a major studio film, but, uh, that's not a good return in any, in any way you cut it, right? Yeah. Uh, it finished number 203 on the year. Uh, all right. Top 10, 1991, Craig, you know, number one, don't you? 1991, that had to be, uh, 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 yeah, that had to be, uh, the, um, massive summer movie. Yeah. The massive, massive summer movie from 1991. Uh, very, very popular as I remember. It was. Very Guns popular. Guns N' Roses song on the soundtrack. A lot of people went to see it. <laughs> CGI. Early, early use of CGI. Oh, uh, 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 Terminator 2? Yeah, there you go. Terminator 2. I knew that all along. $205 million domestic. I saw it in the theater in Lenore, North Carolina. Made over $500 million globally, or all combined. Massive, massive hit. Uh, Number two, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Number three, Beauty and the Beast. Number four, Silence of the Lambs. Five, City Slickers. Six, Hook, seven, The Adams Family, eight, Sleeping with the Enemy, nine, Father of the Bride, number 10, Naked Gun, two and a half. Um, that's some big movies right there, yeah. you know? Uh, not not necessarily all completely great movies, but wow, that's, a, that's an impressive top 10, I think. And uh, man, I'm going to rattle through a list here of other notable movies from this year, but if we ever do another series on a year. I want to throw 1991 in the hat because, uh, listen here, we got Fried Green Tomatoes, Cape Fear, Baked Backdraft, not Baked Draft, Mm-mm. Prince of Tides, JFK, Hot Shots, What About Bob, Boys in the Hood, Doc Hollywood, Bugsy, New Jack City, Thelma and Louise, Point Break, The Fisher King, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, The Doors, Grand Canyon, Regarding Henry, which I learned today was written by J.J. Abrams. Oh, yeah. Jungle Fever, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, The People Under the Stairs, Oscar, thank you, Sylvester Stallone, mm-hmm. House Party 2, The Neverending Story 2, Highlander 2, uh, where was my other two? Mannequin 2, uh, <laughs> Hudson Hawk, The Commitments, Do- Drop Dead Fred, V.I. Warshawski, Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man, My Own Private Idaho, R.I.P., River Phoenix, Barton Fink, La Femme Nikita, Naked Lunch, The Double Life of Ronique, Slacker, The Comfort of Strangers. We did that already. Cool as Ice, your favorite. Yes. Hearts of Darkness, the documentary on Apocalypse Now. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Ski School, etc. Woo! Yeah. I mean, that's uh, there's a lot of movies that I think have uh, some cultural relevance still. I will say. I would say so. Yeah. Maybe not necessarily for good reasons. Uh but you know, nonetheless, anyway, big year at the Oscars, obviously, um, because of Silence of the Lambs and uh, being one of the first sort of, uh, you know, real horror movies, you might say, or pseudo horror movies, at least, yeah. to win Best Picture. 
Um, it also won Best Director for Jonathan Demme, Best Actor for Anthony Hopkins, Best Actress to Jodie Foster, Best Supporting Actor uh, went to Jack Palance for City Slickers, and Supporting Actress went to Mercedes Rule from Fisher King. Uh, Ted Talley picked up Best a- Adapted Screenplay for Silence of the Lambs, and Callie Curry won Best Original Screenplay for Thelma and Louise. Best Foreign Film went to Mediterraneo. Beauty and the Beast got nominated for Best Picture. Obviously, that was a big deal. Uh, and it picked up a couple Oscars for music. Dogfight, zero nominations for anything, sadly. Man. Uh, the critics were a little mixed on this one. Uh, Wikipedia said it was widely praised. That was their words. But then the quote they give, and it was the only quote from a review, was from a much more recent review. Um, so I went back and found uh, the original uh, review that Ebert did. He gave it three out of four stars, said dogfight isn't a love story so much as a story about how a young woman helps a confused teenage boy to discover his own better nature. I like that. It sounds really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said River Phoenix and Lily Taylor are well cast. Quote, I wonder if you will like the final scene in dogfight. Some people have found it tacked on. I feel the movie needs it grows because of it. I won't reveal what happens. I will say it is handled with great delicacy, that the buildup is just right, and that Savaka and Comfort were right to realize that in the final moments, nothing needs to be explained. So, uh, yeah, that got, that's getting me excited about the yeah. ending here. I'm, I'm very curious to look at that. Uh, Owen Gleberman for uh, Entertainment Weekly was less enthusiastic. He gave it a C said dogfight is less a movie than an anecdote the pleasantly detailed story of a one-night stand the sort of movie that tends to get praised for all the things it's not it isn't crude or exploitative uh, or mired in fantasy it never makes teenagers seem slicker than they are and it doesn't fall into the smug trap of reducing the early 60s to a period of vapid innocence Yet for all the pitfalls it scrupulously avoids, Dogfight isn't finally very interesting. It's not just the movie's plot that's diminutive. The emotions seem small, too. Hmm. He did like Lily Taylor, though, so there's that. Fair enough. <laughs> um, but uh, it seems like lots of more positive reviews have been written. And like in the past 10 years, there was a ton listed on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Dustin Putman from thefilmfile.com said it's a virtually unknown gem and one of the sweetest, most touching romances of the decade. So that's interesting to hear. Um, And uh, I didn't know this, but it was turned into an off-Broadway musical in 2012, directed by Joe Mantello, who is a School of the Arts alum uh, from the drama school. Uh, And it got rave reviews. It earned two uh, Lucille Lortel Awards, which I think are like the Tonys for off-Broadway stuff, uh, for outstanding musical and choreography. Yeah. And uh, there was an original cast recording released. So you can check that out. Uh, I don't know how this works as a musical. I'm very (laughs) curious. Uh, But yeah. And uh, on this day, Craig, September 13th, 1991, I found Jack. But let's go way back. 1898. That's a pretty far back. It's about as far as you can go, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, photographic film was patented on that day by Hannibal Goodwin. Coincidence? Which is why Silence of the Lambs won Best Picture in 91. Faded. Yeah. Also, Tyler Perry was born on that day in 1969. So Coincidence. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we will be watching all the other Medea movies next week. But until then... 
I hope people will watch Dogfight. I didn't even look to see, but I do think uh, maybe this is on Voodoo with ads. Perhaps. Uh, yes, that that could certainly be. Yeah, uh, I think I think it is. Voodoo's got a free service. If you don't know that, they do run ads, but they're not that bad. So go check it out. I'm really excited about this one. You know, I I definitely have some holes in my River Phoenix filmography. Yeah. I love Running on Empty and some of the other sort of like more dramatic things he did Me too. Uh, from this era. So I'm really very curious to check this out. And I think this director was like 30 years old when she made this. So uh, I don't know anything about her. No. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm curious to see the chops. No, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Craig, you want to leave us with any last words or you just want to bark? Uh, I'll just bark. Uh, roof works for me. Okay. All right, we'll we'll talk next time. Sounds good. <laughs>